Okay, people piling in. And we are live on YouTube. Bill Gross. Good afternoon, Bill Gross here from Los Angeles, California. I am a broker associate with the XP Realty. I'm the LAProbateExpert.com. And my expertise is in properties sold in probate court in Los Angeles, California. I represent investors who buy property and flip and fix them. I represent sellers and estates who sell them and work with attorneys to make all that happen. So um, one thing we want to do a little, we want to do a little different is we want to make each week um, a little more content focused in the beginning. And so I'm going to go through the 11 ways to generate sales in real estate. And most systems that sell you data and such only talk about one of the methods or two of the methods. They'll tell you buy the data and call petitioners, which is great. Buy the data and cold call attorneys, problematic. There's actually 11 ways. And so in the chat box, uh, I have a link. I recently was asked to share my program with um, Title Tuesday with, with uh, Pacific Coast Title. And I did a one hour talk on 11 ways to sell um, real estate uh, via probate. And we'll put a link to that YouTube uh, here in our chat box. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel, free. I cover all 11, just real quick, about a minute or two, well, I should say five minutes on each because there's 11 ways in, uh, let's say, four minutes on each. My goal on this call is twofold. One, I'm going to cover one of those 11 each week briefly, just, to, just to, as a reminder, there's more than one way to get business. And I really believe that if you can do two or three methods that synergize and work well together, you'll be more effective than you just pick one. One of the mistakes I think realtors make is they pick one channel, just expires, just for sub by owner. But when you do both of those two, it's better. You add a geographic farm to those two, it's even better. And I think with uh, probate, if you take one of the other methods of generating business with probate, better still. So today, the sequence of 11, I happen to have gone through eight prior. So uh, this week, we're going to cover week nine, which is living trust attorney referrals. We talked in the past about the value of a living trust helping you avoid probate, helping your clients avoid probate. How important it is for you to identify your clients that don't have trust to get them to, and to also um, uh, find your um, uh, clients that don't have living trust and refer them to somebody who can help them with it, maybe an attorney, maybe a document repair service. And so today we're going to talk about, well, if you're doing that, how you can leverage that into relationships with the attorneys. And directly, if you're bringing them value, earn referrals back from them, putting into the relationship before you get something out of it. So what I want to do is um, talk about how do we get there, meaning, and this is for somebody who's already doing some real estate. So I'm really speaking to the agent who's already full-time does five or 10 deals a year or more, you've been in the business five years or more, has a database or should have 100, 200 people or so. And you go through that database and you identify everybody as one of three things. Every prospect you have either has a living trust, you know does not have a living trust, or you don't know. Those are only three possibilities. And so as you go through the ones that have a living trust, 
This is the following script that you use. You call them up and say, for example, uh, let's say, see Sandra Franco. If I said, Sandra, Bill Gross calling, your great real estate agent who sold you 123 Main Street. You know, I remember when I sold you that house, you bought the property in the Sandra Franco trust. You have a living trust. I talk to sellers and buyers like you all the time that need a living trust. I'm curious, were you happy with whoever prepared your living trust? And what would you say, Sandra, if you had one? I am not happy. There's only three possibilities. She might not be happy, in which case you can refer her to somebody else. She knows she needs one. She has one, but needs a new one. Second could be Sandra will say, eh, yeah, they're okay. I wouldn't recommend them. Okay, at least what is Sandra? Sandra, what do you think about me that I even ask you that question? What do you what do I think about you asking me that if, question? If you're a homeowner, I call you and ask you that question. What are you thinking about me? Um, you're probably searching, or you know somebody that you could refer me to that could assist me. Um, I, I care enough to ask. Right. I know enough to ask. Right. Right. And you possibly want to um, either sell me a probate or want to make sure all the ducks are in a row before moving forward. And what if, Sandra, you had an attorney who did your living trust and you love, love, love them? They were the greatest thing since sliced bread. If I ask you a question, hey, Sandra, I'm curious, you, I see you have a living trust. Were you happy with the provider? And you might say, yeah, I love, love, love. And I'd say, well, that's great. You know, talk to homeowners like you all the time that need a living trust. Would you be okay if I referred them to your attorney, Betty Booth? What would you say? Most definitely. Yeah, you love Betty Booth. You think she's the greatest, right? You're glad to refer business to her, right? So now instead of cold calling an attorney, I have Sandra's attorney, Betty Booth, who I call and I say the following. Um, imagine uh, you're, you're now, uh, Sandra put on your Betty Booth attorney hat. Hey, Betty Boop, I was just talking to Sandra Franco, and she just thinks you're the greatest. I was raving about the living trust you did for her and her family a few years ago. I'm a real estate agent, and I talk to homeowners and prospective homeowners all the time that need living trusts like that. And here's the key phrase. Are you still writing living trusts? What's attorney Betty Boop going to say if she is? Definitely. Yeah. So if I had somebody who was looking to get a living trust, would I refer them to you or one of your associates or one of your team members? How would, how would it be best for me to connect them to you? And she'll tell me, I have a YouTube channel, I have a website, I have an assistant, have them call me, free consultation. Whatever her process is, what is Betty Boop going to think of me as a, as a real estate agent? You're a mover and a shaker. I'm not calling and asking for referrals. I'm calling her and trying to help generate some business for her, right? And so when I'm done, I send an email. Hey, Betty, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. I have clients. Please remember uh, me if they call. I, I appreciate a heads up just so I can kind of get in the loop with them. I also pulled up the, the uh, public record document. So if I, one of my clients comes to you and they need their, uh, the, the grant deed, I'd be more glad to get a copy. You get that from a title company and I'll help you with that. And again, Betty Boop's like, wow, this guy's on his game, right? The other thing about attorneys now, now we're in COVID, it's a little different, but during non-COVID times, attorneys as a general rule will go out to lunch with anybody who invites them. That's kind of an attorney thing, right? That's how they market, that's how they network. So if you call them back a month later, hey, you know, Betty, I know I talked to you a few months ago about Sandra Franco and her living trust and such. 
As Chris, if you'd have some time to meet for lunch one day next week, maybe up on Tuesday or Wednesday. If you pick a restaurant near them and you give them a couple slots, they'll say yes and they'll go to lunch with you. Again, that's after COVID. Pre-COVID, I, I don't really know what the equivalent would be, dropping off something or mailing them something. But here's what I want to say. Instead of cold calling attorneys, if you have a database of 200 clients and prospects, and of those, 40 have living trusts, how many of those might give you an attorney to call with that kind of relationship? Most, my experience, most of them. They're glad to refer you. Mm -hmm. They're glad to refer you. And they don't have anything negative about the attorney yet because they haven't had to use the living trust. They just wrote it and they got the paperwork and they haven't done anything with it yet. So they, they think they got a good deal. Now, to make this work, again, post-COVID, you'd pop by their office. You'd drop off a pen. You'd drop off a coffee mug. You'd drop off a Starbucks coffee, coffee sometime. COVID really can't do that. Here's what you also want to do. You want to find out how do they market their business? How do they network? You want to get in a conversation with them. And just ask them a question. How long have you been in practice? What type of law do you do? How much, how much living trust and trust administration do you do versus other types of work? Right? That's about developing a relationship. Don't ask for referrals. Find opportunities to give them business, and they'll give you back more than you could ever ask for. And this goes back to the basic premise of this which is you give anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So obviously your client's happy with them. You want to promote that, social media. And then offer them support. Say, look, if you have other clients that you do living trust for, I'm in real estate every day. I, I'm pulling deeds. If you need some research on properties, copies of grant deeds, even the old, old ones, now I work at talk to you, I'll get that for you. Feel free. I'll charge for it. I'm glad to do the research for you. Right? So that's what I call living trust and building attorney referrals as opposed to cold calling attorneys asking for business. Now, you can strike the jackpot when you find that your attorney is what is actively marketing their practice. I came across an attorney who was doing weekly seminars, and this is pre-COVID, in hotel rooms. They'd rent a room. And it seated about 40, 50 people. And they had to fill their room every week. And so a couple of things. One is I, I would market to my client database and invite them to, with their permission to come. I'd say, I, I notice you're doing these events every week. I have clients who might be interested. Can I invite them to your event? What are they going to say? Hell yeah. Right? And if my clients sign up, you might just show up and listen and, and be there just to help facilitate the process. What are they going to say to that? No, feel free. So you can be there and be part of their marketing budget, but not charge me anything as a real estate agent. If you really want to develop relations with attorneys, that's what I've done with a couple of attorneys that I have relations with. Another one I've, I've not been successful at, but I'm working towards, in fact, I see uh, Anthony Brooks on the, on the phone. One of the things I've, I've uh, offered to do is say, look, I, I can help you improve your marketing of your event. You're getting 10 people who sign up and only three show up. I'll call all 10 that sign up and confirm their registration on your behalf. That's one way to drive more traffic. You want better attendance at your events. One way is to make a phone call and confirm registration. Attorneys don't even bother with that. Or they'll tell you their staff is too busy to do that. I've offered to do that and done that for attorneys. And then again, this is the client that I'm talking to. And what does the homeowner think of me 
that I'm working with their attorney. They're going to think that I'm pretty good, right? So it puts you in a good position with your prospect. So I would call that co-marketing. You market with them, you make phone calls with them, you promote it in your social media, you promote it in your emails and such, and you also do the confirmations. You offer to them, you'll pull the deeds for them, which is a nice way for you to get their information. It's publicly available. Okay, so that's living, that's number nine, living trusts, attorneys from referrals. Any questions on that particular piece of content? If you did that and committed a couple hours a week to that, do you think you'd build some business from it? Absolutely. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've had trades on this call that I met this way. And one of the things that I've offered is, I'd love to promote you. Why don't you come on my probate weekly call? And then I give them a copy of the link to the video and they're able to use that in their marketing. Okay, so that's, that's of the 11 ways to get business. Number nine, attorney referrals from living trusts. Who else has a question, problem, or challenge regarding probate I can help you with today? Anybody? Again, knowing that the, the concept here is, the goal here is this is meant to be a weekly, yeah, for those of us who are working on this regularly, we should be, if you're working on this, we should have problems, we should have challenges that come up. We want to you know, use this weekly call as a place to work on them together, share victories, uh, share vendors and such. So how can I help you guys? Well, Bill, I, uh, I would ask for help, but earlier today I uh, looked at your video from the other day and uh, I went through all 11 uh, of your ways to get a sale on probate. So <laughs> it took two hours, but I kept going back and forth and, and uh, putting them down in notes and interestingly enough you're talking about it now so uh it means i'm on the same page with you that's pretty cool <laughs> good good well and look these things are are it's the it's the details it's the execution it's not i think i get asked a lot about probate as if i can share with you some secret sauce that will immediately get you some easy business and the secret sauce is work hard every day over time and you'll make a fortune. That's the secret. It's the closest thing I have to a secret. Okay, well, good. Well, thank you for sharing that, Albert. I appreciate that. Who else has a question, challenge, problem, something we can work on together, something nice and meaty? Victoria. Oh, hi. hi, it's Vicki. So I think that's a good way to approach attorneys by far rather than cold calling. Do they automatically then give you referrals of people who want to buy or sell a home? Well, I would say this. There's no automatic anything. Right. It's a relationship. Okay. Right. The, uh, I did a deal. The deal I met, Jesse uh, Weinberg, um, th that deal was really a simple case, but I, I got involved and helped the client. And then we sold the house and the attorney, uh, the, 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 it was a litigation case where the, it's not just a basic probate, but there's two parties kind of suing each other. And I've helped the attorney with more information. I called Jesse, got some update on the property that he bought from uh, my listing. And, um, and she, you know, she's continued to do business with me because I'm a part of her team. Right. Right. I bring value to that relationship. And I think sometimes it's just, uh, uh, you know, there's a, I don't know if anybody here 
I'm a little older, watched um, um, kind of blank, Jerry Seinfeld. The Seinfeld episode where uh, George, I mean, is it George or uh, Kramer, like just go to an office and kind of assume they're working there. And they never fill any paperwork. They never really get paid. George. George. He just acts like he works there, right? And eventually they kind of treat him like he works there. And then right. when there's a problem, they want to fire him. That's where it gets funny. But my point is, if you just kind of assume the attorney uh, that you're part of their team, you create value for them eventually, it just makes sense. They'd much rather have you list the house than some other realtor. Again, right. I think most attorneys think of most realtors as being idiots. Mm-hmm. They're probably right. Most are. I'm not. <laughs> I hope you're not. Don't be that idiot. Right. Right. And so all you have to do is prove you're not an idiot to get business from attorneys. It's a low bar in one hand, but uh, I'll take it. Okay. Relation? Okay. We've got some questions here. I'm sorry, but I kind of avoid them. Uh, if you have probate leads, do you call trees first or administrator first? What's the best way from uh, uh, Sophia? So Sophia, unless you have a special experience or relation with attorneys, I would not recommend marketing to attorneys. I think the attorneys, you know, we realtors are easy pickings for salespeople because we're salespeople. You know, we're on the phone all day long prospecting people. We get a phone call, we recognize the salesperson trying hard to give them benefit of the doubt. Attorneys don't. They became attorneys not to market. They hate being cold called. Uh, and so, and they get bombarded with phone calls and agents and nine of the agents never follow up with anything. And nine percent of the realtors that they work with and they assume you're one of them. If you look like them, they assume you're one of them. Nine percent of them don't ever do what they're supposed to do and disappoint them. They're like Charlie Brown in the football with Lucy. They've been burned so many times. They just gave up. And so I would say work attorneys one at a time by creating value and building relationships rather than cold call, unless you were a paralegal, unless you are an attorney, different situation. Unless you have some special, I came from, uh, my father was an attorney, I clerked for attorneys, I was pre-law in college, I know business law, contract law. So I had a little bit of an advantage in that area that most realtors do. And even still, I've, I've not had any success in what I call direct marketing to attorneys, other than on a case by case, when I see a case, I try to relate to it. So, for example, if you one reason why I recommend on my 11 ways to um, check the um, MLS inventory of probates. And then even if you get one that doesn't need court confirmation, which is pretty much like a regular sale, what's nice for you is find out who the attorney is. Use that as the excuse to meet the attorney. Invite the attorney to lunch or take him to coffee even though you don't need to, there's your chance to market to the attorney and distinguish yourself from the other real estate agents. I would much rather put the energy in that than marketing to attorneys, if that makes sense. So I would say the administrators who are the homeowners typically or the heirs are gonna be the heirs is the best way to go. I don't think attorneys is a good way to market to cold calling them from the filings. Now, what I just gave you in number nine was a way to get to attorneys via trust, uh, living trusts. I think that's a great way to market attorneys, talking about living trusts. I would market them that way, but I would not market them chasing them for probate leads. Where do you find the list of nine from uh, Sabina? 
So the list of nine I put here in the chat uh, and I'll repost it, the YouTube, 11 ways to sell real estate. And then if you want uh, the list of 11, as well as other information I have, you can text the words good stuff. I'm gonna put the chat box here as I'm talking to you. Good stuff to the number area code 213. Uh, ooh, let me double check that number if I get it out here. Uh, 213-460-2577. 213-460-2577. If you text good stuff, you'll get back a link that has data sources and 11 ways. If you want to see the presentation 11 ways, that's on my YouTube channel. I just posted that in the chat box. Okay. Uh, do I have a script for approaching attorneys? So just today, I talked about how to approach them regarding living trust. Is that, Sabina, is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about cold calling them? as far as filings or what, what do you mean by how, when would you cold call attorneys? And your question. No, I wasn't going to cold call attorneys, but I just wanted a soft uh, introduction to the attorney base, uh, whatever the case may be, probate, uh, trust, whatever. I just wanted to kind of have a soft introduction so that it wouldn't feel like I'm, chasing any business, but instead trying to build a relationship. Well, again, I think one way would be if you learn about living trusts and help them market would be one way. Another way would be if you do a probate sale where there's no living, there's no court confirmation needed, but reach out to them to introduce yourself and, and uh, not ask for referrals, but meet them that way would be great. I think calling your prospects and clients and asking who their attorney is, researching what kind of uh, work they do and finding out that way. Uh -huh. Asking them if, you, if you know, they would uh, refer people to their attorney. I think that's always a good, a good way. I know there used to be like a gathering in San Fernando, mm -hmm. in the San Fernando Valley and Encino, I believe it was, where it was a lunch. You, you, you paid for membership and then you sat down with all the attorneys and everybody right. just picked each other's brains, but that's not going on any longer. So, you know. So what you're referring to is the Bar Association. That's the name Like we have. For realtors, the uh, attorneys are members of the bar. Uh, and then there's different bar associations. There's one in downtown LA I belong to, one in Beverly Hills, one in Santa Monica. Right. There's one in the San Fernando Valley. And pre-COVID, they had a monthly luncheon and they had other events. Exactly. And as a non-attorney, you could join as an affiliate member. I think that's a good thing right. to do. Um, one of the challenges is going to meetings, when are the meetings? To some degree, they're a little social. They're not so business-oriented. Um, you have to think about how you position yourself. I do think it's a good thing to give back to an organization that you benefit from. And uh, I, I'm a member of the LA Bar as an affiliate. Um, I think it's a good thing to support. But, um, and they had they more educational classes I would go to. So for example, the title if I work with Kevin Sales every year would do a training at the court for attorneys where they would get credit and he would teach about uh, title reports in probate. That was uh -huh. great training. I did that. And then they have training classes um, now online. There's some really good training uh, on probate they've taken as well. So definitely worth- Are they doing any Zoom? Yeah. These luncheons? Yeah. So well, have you decided- Both. I see they do some educational Zooms and they do some networking Zooms. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't sure whether to join because I figured, I don't know, right now maybe nobody's doing much of anything with Zoom in, in terms of probates and such, but maybe it is a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, find out the particular group. I don't know the Valley as much because I'm not in the Valley. Uh, the LA one has been great as far as great educational material. I would say the networking is very difficult. I know that social organizations have tried to do my daughter belongs to synagogue where they, they all order a dinner from a certain restaurant and they kind of try to make a community dinner. And I think I would say that's a good try. It's just hard to generate personal interaction, you know, on zoom. So maybe that works for you. I don't know. It doesn't work for me, but, but the zoom education has been great for me with the bar uh, judgments, probate trusts has been really meeting the, meeting the, the judges in, in LA we have a new judge. It was great to meet him online and see how he approaches things. So very educational, I would say. I don't know that's so good for social. I see. Got it. Thank you. Sure. Um, see, so from Carla, I have spent a lot of time trying to search my MLS for probate. Can't seem to do it. This is a paid service. So Carla, uh, just one second here. I'm going to ask you a question, but I think I know the answer. Okay, Carla, you're a member of, uh, you're Keller Williams. But you're Erica 312. So I'm, I'm Silvar in Santa Clara County. Got it. So I, I, I can't speak for them. I'm not a member and never have been. But um, most MLSs have a field for probate. I'm in LA. We actually have two fields. And sometimes I have to coach agents. And even the help desk doesn't know they have two fields. Sometimes it's in the keywords. You might search. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not there. We have reciprocity with some of the other MLSs and the reciprocal MLSs are actually better searches than our own. So that's why I was wondering if it was like a paid service I was missing or something. I'm, yes. I'm new to probate. This is my first week. You also uh, might try searching the uh, remark section uh, keywords. Uh, some of the MLSs, you know, in, in, I know San Diego does not have the field, but if you search in the remarks and put the word in for probate, it will, pop up and you can put core confirmation that will pop up. So it is challenging. I mean, it, it's one of the things, look, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So if you can figure out how to get the data, you have an advantage. But there must be something in the MLS because I, I can't imagine as sophisticated as Santa Clara is in real estate, I can't imagine that realtors don't know a property's in probate or not before they get into contract. That just doesn't make sense to me. How well, it's interesting. it's interesting because like Santa Clara County is one is not on probate money. It's not one that's well, that's different. That's different. That just means the vendor, that company hasn't spent the money yet. And I know they've added counties. Right. But that's a business decision. That doesn't mean the MLS doesn't have, they just can't get a oh. person. You can't get okay. a person in the court. That could be your court's expensive to go to or the wage rate in your area is high. I can think of a lot of reasons why that might be a problem, but um, I don't think it's because of the, um, it's not because of probate money. That's not the issue. The issue would be your MLS, your MLS must have a way to identify probate property. Okay, I will call them, thank you. Call the help. You know, one thing is as a real estate agent, those of us who are realtors, we pay a lot, I don't know, we pay a lot of money for being in the MLS. And most of it think it's just, it's just, you know, we're paying for searching properties. We get a lot of features. One of the things you're paying for is the help desk. And, and I've coached agents, you know, thousands of agents in my career. 
I've worked for numerous companies. I've blinded multiple MLSs in my career. But consistently, see, consistently, I find when you call the help desk, they pick up right away and generally are very helpful. If you tell them what you're looking for, they should be able to help you. Thank you. Okay. My pleasure. Um, okay, so there's another way. Admission for closuresdaily.com. How do we get the discount co code for that? Great. So on my website, well, if you text uh, good stuff to 213-460-2577, uh, you'll get back the, disc, you know, the instructions, the link to the uh, foreclosure daily probate data, and you'll get the coupon code as well. Um, but I'll tell you what it is anyhow, just since you've already gone through the trouble of looking for it. It is um, BG3005. BG, as in Bill Gross, 3005. You should get a discount of 20 to 30%. Plus, if you ask, they'll send you a copy of Kevin Sell's book on probate, which is very good for free. I don't get anything out of it other than they know I helped sell another client to them. And, and they, maybe someday they'll help promote my my channel. But for now, I would just say, I'm not getting any affiliate income from it. I'm not, I don't want affiliate income. I just want to sell houses. So again, the, if you go to foreclosures daily and their probate data, use the promo code BG3005, as in Bill Gross, 3005. You should get a discount of a 20 or 30%. Plus ask for a free copy of the Kevin Sales book. You are welcome, Vicki. Um, I gotta ask my Winston, what do I know about the Orange County Bar Association uh, estate planning group? So um, not a lot, I'm not a member, but what I would say is that in all bars, there's the main association. And then usually you can either pick a subgroup, one for free, or the subgroups cost additional money. And in, in the ones that I belong to, the LA and Beverly Hills, the subgroup is where all the action really is. The main group is just not that. It, 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 in LA, the main group has what's called a listserv. It's like an old-fashioned uh, chat system. And I find it very educational, but I sift through the messages that I read, and I, and I don't read most of them, but I read all the estate ones. But all of the events I ever go to are in the estate. The I think it's called Trust and Estates Division. Um, so in your case, the estate planning group may or may not be what you want. I don't think, pro, you know, Orange County is a little bougie compared to LA. I don't think you have as much probate as you do estate planning and, and trusts. And so, you know, which is, which is nicer business and easier business in some regards, I guess. But I don't know the group there. I've not belonged ever to Orange County Bar, so I really couldn't tell you. But I would say investigate both. Investigate being a member of, at, at, at large uh, and see what that gets you. And then usually the trust, the uh, probate or the probate and trust groups will give you additional meetings and social events and that kind of stuff. And for me, what I like about the subgroup in LA is the training has been great. I, I probably there's one or two um, um, probate or trust related Zoom, uh, Zoom meetings a month that is really good material. That really, I think, to be honest, nowadays, I feel like I learn a few things. And I also realize I know more than I thought I did because they make a couple of mistakes I, I pick up along the way, but I find that very good training and, and they're, it's not expensive though. I think a year is like 350 or something. Um, is a probate book by Kevin sales or sells uh, it's sales S A Y L E S. And um, I'll put the Amazon link to his book. But again, if you, if you go to um, 
probate, uh, foreclosure dailies probate uh, data. Uh, they know him because he's a, like an approved vendor with them or they sponsor him and such. Um, let's see here, here we go. I'll put a link in the chat box with the uh, Kevin Sales um, link to his book, Probate, Probate Real Estate Sales 101 is the name of the book. And there's a paperback version and there's a Kindle version. I read it very, very good. Very, very good. Um, you are welcome, Nani. And again, if anybody here I know, if you feel free to text me or email me if you didn't get the link or you have additional questions, uh, I'm available to help with that. Good, other questions, challenges, problems? No? You guys working hard? Selling houses, flipping houses. Just quick show of hands, or put me in the chat box. Uh, who here is a real estate agent, a real estate salesperson, or real estate broker? Say me or I, or raise your hand. I think most everybody. Me. Who here, instead of being a, in, in, might might also uh, is not a real estate agent, but it's a real estate investor, wholesaler, flipper, fixer flipper, bird dog. Say me, or raise your hand. Okay. Me. Okay, good. So, you know, what, what, I, what I tell people is you get into a problem, I'm able to help unpack it. Sometimes that means I help you uh, sell it uh, or, get it or get it purchased. Um, that's where I fix work with investors and wholesalers. And real estate agents too, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to give advice for free where I can. Uh, the only place that I, I, I kind of hesitate is if it requires court confirmation of sale or limited authority, usually my advice is, you need to partner with somebody once to learn how to do that because it's a little more, to do it properly, it's just a little more complicated than a regular listing. It's enough more complicated, we should, you should uh, sell it. You should share it. When's the coming to our probate court meetings in person yet or all by Zoom? So um, I would answer yes. Um, so the courts are really encouraging people to come it's not Zoom in LA, it's, it's LA Court Connect. It's a proprietary system that is having some technical issues. It's kind of like Zoom. Um, so they encourage everybody to do that. And I would say you, you can do almost everything via video. However, the law allows when they sell property, the public to come in. And I represent investors who are going to bid on properties and overbid. I find that by being there, I'm more effective at getting the property for my investor. I'd like to see the other agent, see the attorney, see the investor. Uh, and sometimes being on the video, you don't hear things as well as when you're there in person. So when I represent an investor, a wholesaler, buying a property at probate court, I go in person every time. I was there uh, uh, Monday, I was there last week, I once or twice. I, I probably go to court once a week trying to buy a property for investors. Don't have to. But it's a little tricky if you're not, because the uh, you know you have to get you have to have a cashier's check to bid on those properties. So theoretically, you could call the attorney a couple of days in advance and say, "Hey, I have a cashier's check. I'll let you hold it." That's a little iffy, right? Or show it to them. But then, if you win, they want the money right away, and you're not at court. Um, some will let you get away with that. Some won't. But also you're kind of telling the attorney you're gonna bid on the property. Whereas 
my strategy to my investors is not to tell anybody, just to show up. So that's, there's some strategic reasons why you might want to go in person. When I go to bid, I go in person. And also when I'm a listing agent, I go in person in case somebody does show up in person. I want to give my clients the best possible service. Now, you, we all have to make our own health decisions and I don't have any judgment on anybody else, but I wear a mask and I follow the rules and I, I feel comfortable doing that. So um, hope that answers your question, Winston. But Orange County, I don't know the answer. And, and I'd say if you find out Orange County, what's going on there, I'd love, I'd love somebody to go to Orange County and report back to what's going on there in person. I can say that LA County, what's weird is you go there and there's about one one hundredth of people used to be there. I used to go there to prospect every day. That was my lead generation. And the court was just packed with people and packed with attorneys and investors. And it was a great lead generation source. And now it's empty. Bad news. Good news is whoever's there in your matter, you get a chance to meet. So for me, I got a chance to meet all the attorneys on the deal I'm working on or the investors or my competitor. My competitor on this deal is my colleague on the next one. So I find it valuable on my deal to go. Um, and then we win, the attorney in my case wasn't in court, she had to run into court to pick up the check for me. Um, I'm a nice guy, I waited for her, but she should have been there, so. Anyhow, okay, so um, that should be his question. Uh, Teresa Ortiz asked the question, when the limit authority is the real estate transaction completed at the end of probate, or once it's approved at the courthouse? Really neither. So what the timing of it is, unlimited authority, the state puts a property for sale, accepts an offer contingent on court approval, files for a court date, waits 30 days, comes to court. The court either approves the sale or somebody else steps up and buys it either way. After the court date, the court issues a court order approving the sale. That court order can take a day to three weeks. And then you close within 10 days after that. On a limit authority, when it closes, the money is in the blocked account and the money is not dispersed until the end of the probate. By definition, limit authority means you can't disperse money without court approval. So generally speaking, when the property is sold to limit authority, now the money is in the account and then they race to finish up the accounting and at the final <laughs> stage, get the accounting approved and the dispersion approved by the judge and the probate's closed out with the checks being dispersed. So Bill, did you say that after it's approved at court, it's 10 days to close the deal? Well, it's 10 days from the day you get a certified copy of the court order. Okay. In California, Trish, where are you located? Los Angeles. It's a beautiful picture behind you. I don't, that, I don't recognize that in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, I like so looking at it and thinking about it every day. Got it. So yeah, I, I have investors who buy property. So when we're closing, I'll say, well, 10 days after we get the original court order, or I'm sorry, certified copy of the court order. How long is that? It could be that day. A sharp attorney has it prepared and files it that day. A really sharp attorney will ask the judge, your honor, we're in a rush. Can I, if I submit the order? It's all done here. Would you consider signing it and get it back? The problem is most attorneys make a mistake or two. So they submit it. Judge, uh, the uh, probate attorney working for the judge declines it. They resubmit it. Gets declined again. They resubmit it. Then it gets approved. Then it's 10 days. And your title company can't close until 
they have the, the certified order. That's one of the requirements. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. Good. Uh, any other questions? Uh, Rick Brand was nice enough to put in the chat box the link to LA Court Connect. So thank you. So as an agent, when I have investors, I actually fill out the Court Connect for my client so they get set up and get the video done uh, right. And there's a backup for the audio to make sure they have. So those are some of the things that as an agent, I go the extra step to take care of. Okay, good. 4.40 p.m. So we covered number nine today. Next week, we'll cover number 10. Again, if you want to see all 11 ways, um, you can go to my YouTube channel. Uh, and I post that here in the chat box. Uh, you can uh, text good stuff to 213-460-2577. You get a link to the 11 ways. You get a link to the, um, the data sources and such. Um, I do this call every Thursday, 4 p.m. You register at probateweekly.com. I do a call on Tuesdays at three o'clock, realestateinvestingzoom.com, realestateinvestingzoom.com. That's Tuesdays at three and that's investment focused. Love to have you join me there as well if you're interested. Um, and uh, my name is Bill Gross. I'm here in Los Angeles. I can help you buy or sell real estate. If you have problems, if you're an agent, want some help coaching, we're, we're looking to expand our team. If you're interested in talking about some ways you can do some probate and being part of our team, I'd love to talk to you about that as well. Um, feel free to give me a call, get a, a private consultation. I'm glad to be of assistance. Unless there's any other questions, make it a great week, everybody. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for participating. Winston, thank Thanks you. Again, Bill. Thank you. Thank you as always. <clears throat> thank you guys.